Hey guys, and welcome back. This is Jeremy Laverne, your host of Man Revealed. Today I sit down with Edwin McCall. I met Edwin back in 2016 during my axe retreat, and he was a team member during that retreat and also a speaker. And during his story, there's a point where there was a uh, story that affected us both, you know, not even knowing each other um, at different times in our lives uh, that this, this story, this point in his story that really, really affected us both. And uh, it opened my eyes to something that really changed my life 180 degrees. And ever since then, me and Edwin have become really good friends. We've done many axe retreats together, many men's groups together. Uh, I've seen this guy bend over backwards backwards to help other people out. Um, he and his wife, Cassie, are, are raising four beautiful daughters, uh, two of which are close to the same age as my two youngest daughters. And I'd imagine we're going to have some pretty interesting conversations here in the near future whenever these kids become teenagers. I'd imagine, oh, goodness, I, I'd imagine I can't, I hope they... Man, I just hope they do right. <laughs> but uh, it's going to be fun, and uh, I'm, glad, I'm glad I get to go through it uh, with him with him and his wife, Cassie, and uh, it's going to be fun. I look forward to it. Um, I'm glad to have him in my life again. Just love the guy. Uh, I can call him anytime for a good laugh, advice, uh, or whatever, you know. Just one of those good guys that you can lean on, same like-mindedness. Uh, so enjoy the episode, uh, 004. Mr. Edwin McCall, let's get it. Edwin McCall, glad you could come in, bro. Man, happy to be here. Happy I know. Happy to be here. I mean, it, this is, uh, when I first heard this, I've just been very excited about it. Well, I, you, you have given me so much support and confidence. Uh, I really needed it because this has been... You know, it's a task to kind of take on. You know what I mean? You don't know if you're if you're well, see, stepping that, out. You I know? guess that's that's the beauty of this is that uh, you you had the guts to do it. It's something you think about, or I had kind of tossed around, especially beginning of COVID, because uh, we were just bored, and uh, I just didn't. One of the many things I think about, and then just happy someone had the gumption and and, and the fortitude to do it. And so I mean, it was just God's answer to me was you doing it putting it all together and me just showing up. Just showing up, baby. Yeah. So Sometimes that's, that's of, all it takes. Right, and that's kind of what I, you know, I guess the ease of everything and, and when you really ask for something, exactly it came about just it perfect for me, you know. And it was easy. Yes. It really did come easy, <laughs> right. you know. Right. As far as the equipment and everything like that, it, it came easy. Uh, so Yeah, I think the hardest part's waiting. Was just you telling me when and, and waiting, and then, but also to hear all the uh, that went hard, but to hear everybody else's, I was just excited from the get go, man. You uh, you kicked it off, and it, it, it's just it's awesome, man. So thank you. It's been fun. No, I'm glad you came. I'm glad we were finally able to hook up. Right. Um, 
So, so first off, I mean, how's the family doing, man? I know uh, Conley, y'all went through some rough patches yeah, we had with a, her. Uh, Conley had, had, still has epilepsy. Uh, we have been seizure-free now for, uh, my, my wife's the, the one good with, but almost a year, a full year with some months with it. Um, yeah, she was our, our, our exciting little baby, and then epilepsy kind of came into it. And to learn and to be vulnerable and to answer a lot of questions and just the scariness of that, uh, with a new baby, uh, you know, she's, she's a warrior. She's special in our hearts, but her growing up now, we just see that she's a fighter. She's just tough and she's been seizure free. Uh, we've just been put on a good track. We met with, you know, we started with medicines, very nervous and, and, and she was on two and then one now and we just get these milestones and we're hoping she'll get to a point uh that that we we won't be on any medicine and right. that's about another full year being seizure free um we'll, we'll drop off another medicine we our hope is that by three three years old this will be just a blip and right it won't even be part of her you know it'll be part of her history because man um it definitely uh it's a part of our history and to see god's work and to see what we went through was uh you know seeing me and my wife just not know anything about this disease and learn uh, my wife of course cassie learned so much and, and taught me and, and and our family uh to, and friends to take the bull by the horns and not be scared uh but then with that said uh just worrying with this covid stuff and, and everything else uh when you know it comes up it was just you know we <laughs> we have an at-risk little little human there right you know and you just don't know so you still very very scared but we put so much trust in god and 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 kept that trust right and so we're not living in fear with with epilepsy right and that's one of the things we've we've really it, it, i've never been more scared my whole life well that was my next question you know having little kids that 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 age where the, everything goes in their mouth yeah. right yeah. so there's been several times where i had to scoop something out the kid's mouth right. and scared me to death right. so i couldn't imagine i mean do you remember how just yes. how scary that first one yes. was yeah the seizures is uh, actually to be honest we didn't see the first seizure mm. uh, my mom uh god god bless her it was our first time to leave oh wow Conley to go we went to a, we're going to a little auction and my mom, you know, soldiered up and said, oh, yeah, we'll watch it. And, of course, unbeknownst, she had no seizure, no nothing. Healthy little baby. And uh, we drop her off at mom. And, and I remember Cassie, I just got to appear at the auction. And Cassie came to me and said, we got to go back. And she said, your mom called. And I knew my mom has been through hell and high water. It would take a lot for her to call. Because right. uh, she knew how important it was for us to get away, you know, just for the first night. Uh, it wasn't like she was just calling saying, I can't make this baby stop crying. She was truly scared. And, and, and Jeremy, when I got there, we didn't take, we didn't understand, mm. you know, and we made a lot of false assumptions because we didn't think it was a seizure. Mm. At that point, seizure was a bad word. Right. It was really negative connotation. We were nervous, but didn't want to talk about it. You know, didn't want to say she had a seizure. Yeah. And we didn't. And, uh, so then the second one came and that's, um, at night, we had the bed. We were living in our, uh, our old house, and the, the baby carriage was inside the bedroom with us, very close proximity. And, and uh, we heard some movement and, and got her up. And uh, that's, that's, uh, that's the scary one. That was when she was uncontrollable. You don't know if you hold her arms. And, mm -hmm. and of course, as a, you know, you're wanting to. My initial reaction was to like rub her chest, you know, to try to get her out of this. 
because her eyes and roll back in her head. She's moving. She's not. Um, my beautiful, smart wife had a, you know, just God send to, to video this and record this. And, you know, looking back, it's one of the most difficult things to watch. But thank God, and I'll, I'll tell you why later. But so I'm rubbing it, and, and she went through this seizure, and, and we're just, it seems like for hours. And I think it was 15 seconds or something yeah. like that. But it was just... Uh, we load her up, went to the emergency room, and you know, there's not a lot of answers to this. Do an MRI, I mean, do a, a CAT scan at the um, at the hospital at the emergency room. Uh, she's not having seizures no more. She's fine. Uh, there's no, you know, any kind of loss of oxygen, so she's good. But then there's just so many we don't know what. So we, you know, go to our family practitioner, uh, talk to us, uh, give us some places to go and things to do. We kind of reached out to other people. Um, when we we show the video to everybody and they say the same thing, it's very captivating. And that word always like captivating is like, it's not a movie, yeah. but it's captivating the fact that she was able to see exactly the body motions and they were able to see, because seizures, there's so many different seizures and, and the body movement, movement, the way the body reacts is what seizure it is. Gotcha. And, and so he was able to call, we went to a, a neurosurgeon, a neurologist, a, ba a, a, a pediatric neurologist in Lafayette. I laugh because you and Cassie have anything, anything to the east is good. So we went to Our Lady <laughs> Lords uh, and had Dr. Habits, uh, you know, look at her. He said, oh, that's focal seizures. And he looked immediately, looked at, at Cassie's video and, uh, was able to pinpoint it and and i'm not i'm not real good i'm not a good historian cassie could tell you there was some time in between uh, she had some seizure in between that super scary we actually had some friends over her god her god uh father was there and i mean you want to see someone totally scared to see that she had a seizure on the living room floor uh, she's had set uh, eight seizures all together mm -hmm. and the fear um The fear of the not known and not understanding. And then and, and what do you do next? What's the next move? Uh, but through this, we see the little, and now I'm looking back to see how she is now. Uh, she's a little warrior. Uh, her personality is gigantic. Yeah. Uh, her personality is, uh, she's outgoing. She's strong. She's she's fearless. I mean, truly fearless. And, and we know God put her like that for a reason to get through these things. And I mean, like I said, it'll be a blip in her history, right. but we know that made her who she is. Yep. And, it, and, it, and it made us who we are. God has a way of saying, well, <laughs> what's funny about all this, and we come up pregnant again, uh, you know, 13 months later with Lindley, and we look back now raising Lindley, we were so scared of epilepsy, or epilepsy stole a lot of those months of the little things because she was, you know, and, and I mean, I'm not up for debate for medicine or, or vaccinations. I'm not, right. we have to do what, what I think every person has to do what's good for their family yep. through research and prayer and faith. And, and, and that was my true test back then. I don't even think about it nowadays, you know, thinking about COVID vaccination, but, but back then it was, I'm praying that I'm putting my child's hands in someone's edu in education and science. Right. That God has both created both those things. He created that doctor. He created science. 
I'm going to put, my, put that in his hands. But we did see where the medicine was, was making Conley different, you know, and, and we had already heard, you know, it's non, non-verbal things, but she wasn't talking at that time, so you wouldn't see, you know, wouldn't see anger. I mean, she was tantrums and things of that nature. But right. we noticed us being so nervous with epilepsy and her own medicine that, that Lindley's a totally different baby. You know, we look back not upset. It's part of her story. But we're, we we say, man, I don't remember. I don't remember Conley doing that, mm-hmm. or Conley going through that, or Conley being that way. Because we were so, I mean, I, she slept with a monitor, a baby monitor. I remember her breathing a little bit out of sync, and I was up, you know, you know, looking, seeing what I can do, like I, you know, superhero in his underwear, gonna go, up, <laughs> you know, put lay my hands on her and heal. Right. But I mean, that was, you know, well, that's natural, man. Yeah, man. and that's but but with Lindley. We're more lax. We're more, you know, let them, you know, she'll be all right. Yeah. She'll be all right. Yeah. Conley was a little more, everything was a, was a worry, you know, because we were looking at every little thing, you know, what her, if her temperature spiked or if anything, it was out of the ordinary, you know, with her being on medicines. Right. But, I mean, that's part of, that's part of our story, you know. Yeah. And that's uh, often, that's often, you know, the way things fall is that we didn't even, you know, epilepsy was not even a thought or you know i mean good healthy babies and and epilepsy pops up and 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 that's that's what you know how we dealt with it was just we had to go feet first learn as much as we could and pray and stay faithful and just stayed on our knees right just stay praying right well we prayed for her hard and we're still praying for her now you know as far as getting through this uh i know it's only going to make her stronger definitely made you and uh, cassie stronger as far as in your faith and and leaning on other people and leaning on prayer uh because i mean have y'all are starting over again right what 13 how how old are your oldest yeah, so i have madison's 14 uh neely is 11 that's cassie's uh right. you know we now we're they're both ours exactly and so uh and then we have conley right now and so i made sure because i've been calling uh, uh conley is 21 months I've been saying she's 18 for the last three years. <laughs> yeah. And I just didn't know. I just keep this up. <laughs> stay I'm pretty, yeah. yeah. I just stay with one number and stay with it, you know. Until it gets to a whole number. My mom, you know? was, 40, my mom was 42 for nine, like nine years. <laughs> and so I, I just took her trait. Uh, and Lily <sighs> is eight months old. And so, yeah, we have, uh, you know, we have a, a, a baby uh, and then a toddler. And then we have a, a preteen and we have a teenager. Right. But they're all girls. Yeah, 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 and that's all. That's all they do is, is so, up toilets. Well, with that, and I mean, we'll we'll never retire. I mean, we'll. <laughs> no, we'll <laughs> you know, immediately when you said retired, a laugh just fell out of my mouth. It's like I don't even I don't even know what you know. In, in retirement, I don't know. I don't know if it's all cracked up. What it's cracked that, up to nah, be. that I don't I, think so. Don't it ain't it ain't worth it. <laughs> well, but, that's good, know, but it, so but everybody's everybody's healthy now. Yeah, as we speak, they're doing good. good. Everybody's super good. Now, uh, your two oldest, they're both doing some rodeo. Yeah, so uh, with with all that, uh, you know, I just laugh and think how God works. So my, my Madison, uh, you know, when she was three, started in the rodeo circuit world and really uh, took off, and we did a lot of rodeoing uh, up until she was about nine, ten years old, and then she kind of got burnt out. And I can say almost, uh, you know, it's a co-parenting deal, and so I don't talk behalf of my ex-wife a lot. Uh, but we both know we kind of pushed her, and and and, and we we did a lot of rodeoing, 
and she got kind of got tired of it, you know, as I mean, you know, anyone that does anything right. for a while. Sports, whatever, she yeah. Really, she excelled in it, and then she got into dance. She saw, she had kind of took a liking for dance, and she she gracefully retired out of rodeo and uh, and decided that she wasn't going to do it no longer and, and, and sold all her stuff and, and, and went on down to, to the dance side of things. And, and, you know, give it a good world and very, uh, very good at dance and, and did that for a while, and then she uh, – she got interested again, you know, after uh, Neely, which is, uh, you know, my stepdaughter, Cassie's daughter, uh, got into it about three years ago, and she's been very, very deep in it. She's, she was born, you know, loving horses, and now this is just a good fit. And so uh, Madison kind of by default, seeing being at rodeos, missed it. And so she came back. And so we're trying to iron out. She came back in the midst of, you know, all this mess and, and COVID and, and, right. and everything, hurricanes. And so it's a tough time to come back. And rodeo is kind of a, a sport that you got to keep consistent with, you know, to kind of get better. And so we're in a little transition period. But, yeah, they're both rodeo. And Neely's really uh, – impre she impresses me by her craft. Like, she, she wants to learn. She looks better back at her films and, and studies them. And really, uh, it's, it's very exciting to see – Madison, you know, just does it and enjoys everything about it. It has, a, you know, a lot of natural ability as well. And yeah. So I'm blessed. We love it. Uh, I don't know how we'll afford it, but, you know, God has a way. Yeah. Uh, I've been seeing kidneys are going for a pretty good price. I didn't treat mine real good, so I don't know what. I don't know. You need black yeah. right now on a kidney. You might want to go. Maybe maybe your liver might be a little bit better. Cause, no. <laughs> well, but, I mean, you can do without it, at least half of it. Right. <laughs> But no, I mean, God, you know, Cassie told me last night, you know, God, God has a way God will provide. Right. And, uh, and that's, if they're enjoying it, we'll figure it out. Right. We do. We enjoy it. It's a family sport. Right. Um, it's an incredible sport. I, I, it's, it's good to see the kids and enjoy, um, enjoying something. We're all there together and right. it's, it's good. It's tough with the, the young ones, I bet. Yep. you know, and, and figuring that out, um, we make do, but it's it's tough. Right. But like I said, God will provide. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, so rodeos, that's part of our life. And and, and then uh, building a house, that's that's part of our life too now. Yeah. So, I mean, y'all basically stress-free. <laughs> yeah, as I'm talking, I have a twitch in my eye that I can't get rid of. That I'm, I'm looking away that you don't see. No, yeah. it's uh, – and I'm – look. I'm quick to say all this BS about stress and, and all that. I'm nothing but blessed. Mm -hmm. Nothing but blessed. But yes, it's a lot. Yeah, we've been we've been homeless for you know. And when I say that again, I know people that are truly homeless mm -hmm. and, and are living in in trailers uh, and stuff. We we're living at my mom's house. Got it made in the shade. Uh, mom and, and and my dad. And that's a blessing in itself. Uh, you know, just my my parents are up in age and and health issues and things like that and we're trying to we're able there cassie and i you know i say cassie a lot but she 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 kind of grounds me and gives me uh where i need to be i'm unfocused flat. i know yeah. it's hard to believe I yeah mean, never would have thought it yeah. yeah i think we've talked about 18 things in this last 15 <laughs> minutes but yeah um i don't forgot well, no no that's no, good no, no. she she just said you know we're we're blessed and that we'll, you know, we'll we'll figure out for that one. Yeah, no, no, it's it's perfect. Just kind of wanted to get caught up on on the family and and make sure everybody was okay. Again, we're praying for for Conley, and, and I know that's very scary. Uh, 
not having to deal with something like that. You know, we have a, a good mutual friend that has has dealt with that with multiple kids as far as health issues and stuff, you right. know. So um, just to get even a little taste of that of what they're really going through and hearing your story with that, uh, you know, our heart goes out to you because you really don't know how they feel unless you're in it. You're right. Right. So I'm glad everybody's doing better and you're on the upswing there. Right. Okay, so uh, just kind of getting to the meat of it, you know, I kind of asked the guys, uh, each of the other interviewers, uh, the cover art picture, you know, just kind of what that means to you and what, what comes to mind when you see the picture? Well, looking at it immediately, um, I guess the easiest thing for me just to say is, you know, how fast time goes, you know, and, and I see that, I don't know if God kind of gives you second chances and I, I kind of often feel I am that case, second, third, fourth chances, but those chances are quick and you have to, to, you know, you have to negotiate them or you have to, to do them as fast as you see them and live that life because it's burning. Right. And when it burns, it's over with, you know, and that's what, uh, the fire to me is that, that the harshness, the reality of that, that it's gone after it's done, you know, and I often, I see that in my first set, <laughs> we, we call our kids A and B shift, right? The A shifts, the older ones, the B is the other one so i'll refer to the a and b shift with the a uh, a younger inexperienced going through divorce kind of person compared to a to a seasoned uh, parent that's been through you know a lot older and, and understands what's important uh i can't get that time back mm -hmm. you know and that's what's burnt you know and that's what's gone so that's what i see man i just see that you have to live the moment you have to you know you really I, I, and I don't don't practice what I preach a lot. I try to, but I, I really just I love positive people. I know a lot. I know a lot of those guys that are po and women that are super positive, and and you, you know to a fault you're like, oh man, positive poly, or, or you make fun of them. But it's it's awesome because they enjoy every moment. Whereas a negative person, kind of where I am or where I can be, is that I worry, and and I just I'm so cynical about things and, and I miss things and I don't get to enjoy things. Right. You know, a lot of people, and that's what's funny about the man inside, is that a lot of people would think I'd be the joyful, funny, crazy, because they see me pull stupid stuff all the time or, or say stupid stuff. Obviously, if you're listening to this, <laughs> just hang on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, I just, you don't, that's, it, it goes so quick. And so what I'm getting at is that that's what I see is, is that, Time burns away so fast, and the, the the fire just takes it away. Right. You know, and that's what I what I see. Right. Right. So you mentioned uh, you know second, third, fourth chances. You know, obviously we made our uh, our axe retreats, and and uh, you were on team for mine, and we share a, a very special bond with that. As far as, and I'm not going to get into the stories and things, but uh, you know there was a story that you told on my axe retreat that that connected us right away, uh, and I think we both believe that everything happens for a reason mm -hmm. you know i was meant to be there that day you were meant to tell that story that day and it really opened my eyes right. you know so getting back onto you know the second chances and stuff you had a heart attack at 39 40. yeah, yeah. so 38. so 38 years old you're having a heart attack obviously a scary situation what goes through your mind at that point as far as man did 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 i waste what i what i just went through you know, uh, Jeremy, when it all happened, it was very fast and, and a lot going on in your mind. I, 
I went through a lot of different phases. When I, initially, that happened quite a story with it. You know, I mean, just I, 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 the details of it was that I ended up at the emergency room kind of by myself, by my own hand, by my own doing. Right. And I just immediately, once I heard a heart attack, A, I said, I got the wrong guy. And then B, man, I, you know, what's next? And, and am I going to die alone here? Am I going to be in this hospital, in this hospital room alone? You know, and, and, and nothing else went through my mind other than I needed God. I needed, I needed, I needed God to get me through the next moment. Of course, I needed my family. I needed somebody. I needed my wife, or at that time, my fiance. Uh, I need my, I needed my kids. I needed my mom, but I needed my priest mm-hmm. more than anything. I wanted to receive uh, the Eucharist because I just wanted to be fulfilled in that. I remember Father Gilbo showed up to the ICU after you know testing and everything, and kind of went down and kind of leveled out. And I remember him walking in, you know, and he's wearing black. <laughs> Uh, but he he walked in and I remember it was like a warm coat that he had just come in I was in the cold and he just kind of threw that warm coat just his presence was very warming I asked him I said do you do you have the the body of Christ with you he said have have body Christ will travel and you know Father Gilbo was so full of love and, and, and that was what I was really yearning for at that moment yeah and to feel that, you know, my wife had finally showed up. When I say finally showed up, it was because it was, like I said, there's a lot of story to it. Right, right. A lot of story to it. Uh, wasn't like she was, you know, at the bar. <laughs> Someone got her. <laughs> so that would be cool to start that, that rumor on Facebook. Yeah. I mean, on, on podcasts there. Uh, but anyway, she showed up, uh, and that was awesome, too, just to have her by my side and, and, and to be there for me. I didn't want my children to see me. Mm. As much as I want them to be there, I didn't want to scare them because I was so damn scared. Right. I was so damn scared. I didn't know. I didn't want. I remember. <laughs> I remember seeing my mom and being super happy just seeing my mom and be able to see uh, her care because she's always just there for me. Mm-hmm. Right? Your mom. Uh, and she just, she keeps, uh, you know, and that was. My wife, you know, God, well, I say God, Father Gippo, let's not say he's God, but he brought him with him. And uh, and then my wife and then my mom, that was what what I was thinking about. I never thought, you know, looking back now, I never thought about all oh, the mistakes I made or, or I didn't see my life flash before my eyes or, or what I'd done wrong or why did God put me in this spot. I just want to see through it. Right. I just want to get to the next stop. And that's always been kind of my life is I want to get to the next thing. Right. I want to, I don't want to worry about what I did wrong to create this. Now I do that all the time. I catch myself saying, oh, I did something stupid. Well, this is going to be the recourse. I've got to, you know, but this was different. And, and you know, when I left the hospital, you know, amongst thousands of friends and people who were reaching out and just being showered with a lot of love. I remember walking outside from the house and just seeing a sunset and, and I told Cassie, I said, wow, you know, I get to see another one of these and I felt cheesy, Yeah. but I was like, man, that's what I finally get to do. I mean, that's my life is that I've been saved to see another one of these sunsets. Right. I'm saved to have 
you know, take care of my wife, be there for my wife, be there for now way God's plan is to see two little babies come into this world that I love more than anything right. and be happy. Right. That was my next, you know, and, and I never, you know, and I can honestly say I never did. I never looked back. I knew things were going on. People were praying for me. You know, and, and, you know, there was people on their knees in the weight room saying the rosary for me. That's powerful. Mm-hmm. That's things that I remember. I never once in during all the, the heart attack stuff look back and say, man, I wish I'd done something different. Now, I'm going to ask this question and don't, I mean, don't get offended by it or anything, but there's been a lot of times where a hard situation that I'm going through, I'll make these almost empty promises like, God, look, I promise, dude, if you just get me through this, I will not do X, Y, and Z again. Mm-hmm. You know, did you have a moment like that? Yeah, cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid as silly as it was. I was a heavy smoker, and I just said, you know, I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. My life had kind of, I ran hard and wild for many years. When I, when I After my divorce, I went through kind of like a roller coaster of like, you know, I was, I was Young when I got married, got married and then got divorced young. And then so I still was feeling young and going out and hitting it. And, and that's what got a lot of my stories and a lot of people who know me and met me back then in those days. Uh, and I was living hard, you know. But at this point in my life, I'd gotten a fiance, gotten a life and, and really settled down, found God and, and, you know, understood where I need to be faithful. Right. Right. But. All those other choices still lingered in me, you know, and still, you know, and so, you know, the smoking was one thing, but that was it, you know. And I often think <laughs> I ain't smoked since, you know. I smoked one, uh, smoked three times, you know, one cigarette, and uh, didn't like the way they tasted, and it just really resonated with me. But I kind of feel like that's a silly. Of all God gave me, that's all I gave up. Mm-hmm. But I didn't really. I don't know. It's hard to hard to say empty promises. I did say I was going to live positive, and I catch myself in a pity pool all the time. Right, right. You know, I, I think you and I talk a lot about being in that pity pool. Right. Or, 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 or not accepting things as they are. Yeah. Not, you know, being open-minded, not, not being positive. Where do you think, because I'm kind of the same way, you know, like you said, we talk a lot. Do you think that's a, a character that we just kind of developed you know, me and my brother, we're seven years apart, so I, I kind of have a little bit of uh, only kid syndrome, I think. Oh, yeah. Do you, yes, so, so I do as well. Okay. I do as well. My, my brother is 50. He's turning 55 tomorrow, um, and my other brother is 58 or 57. Okay, so yeah, y'all got quite a gap. And I am 42. Yeah. So yeah, I was a oops or <laughs> whatever. Uh, anyway, you were a go, gift. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, 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 well, my dad wouldn't say the same. <laughs> No, I mean, but, but but with that, I was an only child. Yeah. And so I don't know if that's part of it. Yeah. Because I, I, I often tell my kids, you know, I met a lot of people because I didn't have a brother or sister. I mean, I'd have to, you know, friend, I'd make friends wherever I went when I was a kid because I didn't have no one at home to hang out with, you know, so I'd had to get someone to bring over for. And so I guess that lends itself to, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Our person, our because I have a lot of selfishness, and oh, I think I'm that very, for that, definitely... That's, that, that's it. I'm very selfish. Yeah. Very, 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 very selfish. Probably yeah. the most selfish person I know. 
<laughs> but I mean, uh, let's talk more about me. Uh, <laughs> no, I just, I, I, I am selfish. And that's probably one of my biggest vices yeah. is, is being so. I'm selfish in a way that most people maybe aren't in the fact that I'm selfish. I want people to be happy to make me happy. Mm. Right? And it's a, I call it the Clark Griswold syndrome. I get in my mind what everything's supposed to be like. And if it don't end up like that, it, I'm, a, I'm pissed. And you know what that's about? Is being selfish. Selfish, want, controlling. You yeah, know, you want to control how it I goes. I want it to be perfect so I can yeah, be happy and yeah. see you make you happy. Yeah. And man, that lends itself for most of my troubles I have lately in married and, and kid and raising is my wanting everything to be exactly like I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. And man, I don't know if you're around lately, nothing ends up like it wants to be. No, no. You know, and that's that's kind of what I often, I lend biggest, most of my problems with me and my wife is to that, that I think I have this preconceived notion of how things should go. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I'll be it, some of them's askewed or, or screwed up or what I think it is, and if it don't, it really hurts my feelings. Yeah, I, I actually, and I don't think we've talked about this, but I actually went to some counseling not long ago to try to get rid of selfishness. I, and I asked the counselor, I said, look, I said, I'm just trying to not be so selfish. Like, I'm, I can't do it on my own. Like, I can't just tell myself, hey, look, stop being selfish, you know. And uh, she had a, a pretty good point, you know, and she said, well, look, there's times where being selfish is maybe was needed at that point. You don't know it at the time, but maybe that's what needed at, at, at that moment. And if you just stop and think, take a look back at what you're grateful for, it helps you open your eyes that maybe, you know what, I'm not as selfish as I think. Yeah, granted, I need to work on something, but there's so much more that I'm grateful for. And you've done a great job with that with our text messages. I mean, heck, it's been, what, two years probably now? At least a year that you've been doing it. Every weekday, 6, 6.30, I get that text message with three things that you're grateful for. And that has opened my eyes. And I know we don't talk about it much, but that is, and I'd imagine the, the other four or five guys that's in our group has opened their eyes. Could you just makes you stop and think truly what you're grateful for. Right, and yeah. that's, I don't, I'll get this out in the open. I'm cheating on you because I do this with one other group. Uh, <laughs> I thought I was the first. No, you're another group of two guys, uh, the Seaford Brothers. And so, but for me, it's that moment in the morning because the moment, morning is when your mind's, well, my mind is full of what all the stuff I got to do. Right. But it's some days, and it's sad. Do you, do you ever feel sad? It's very hard to figure out what you're grateful for. Yeah, I got to think about it sometimes, yeah. You know, and, and then it's not, you know, what's be- the beauty in that, and it's what we've, and we've adhered to it very good, is we don't get detailed. You know, we don't put, I'm thankful for the sunset I saw yesterday. Right. You simply put a sunset. And we don't look too deeper into that. But it's awesome to see, I don't even know if I read, I mean, I look at yours, but I see that you're doing it, and that's happy enough for me. Right. And then I read them and I'm like, man, you know, we're okay. I'm okay. But to find that, and I'm not saying, I don't even know where I got that idea from. No. I imagine I, I stole it for dang sure. No, I'm not smart enough <laughs> or insightful enough to come up with something like that. But I just think it is important. Very important. And for us, the regiment of it, yep. we laugh about it because they're like, some of them don't or some of them do. Right. But at least they come back and they'll, they'll remit, you know, but I mean, this is every day, Monday through Friday. Yep. And it's a, it's a, it's a good little. No, that's great. I, and I, I think it's, 
I think everybody needs to figure out what they're grateful for mm-hmm. every day. Every day. Because we should be. It should be more than three things. Yeah, we take so much for granted. And with everything going on right now, COVID, the division between parties, between races, I mean, it's just been crazy. Uh, we're truly living in, in historic chaos that it's going to be in history books. Right. Some of the stuff that we're living through right now will be in our kids' history books years down the road. Right, and that's what <laughs> I talk, you know, I talk for a living, I, I talk to people and I hear a lot of different views, I read the stupidness on Facebook, we get text messages, we get, we're get we inundated with information. Uh, the thing about it is nobody, I can't go to an old man at the feed store and him tell me, man, it, when this did this the other day, we got through it this way, because mm. no one knows. Right, right. There's no precedent. Right. There's no previous like this. So how do we raise kids? Mm-hmm. How do we figure this out? And I have, I fell, I have fell to, to, to the good Lord. Is I've got to pray, and I've got to look scripture. I got to see God every day and look for things because I can't, figure, I can't, I can't tell the forest from the trees anymore. Yeah. And that's tough because as a, as a man, we're supposed to kind of have this figured out. Once well, again, going back to this podcast is to hear an outlet to just see an ounce of somebody else's struggle and understand what road he's on. You know, when I heard Chuck's, it was, you know, what Chuck's, you know, what, what did I just say? Woodchuck? Woodchuck, Chuck, Woodchuck, Chuck, 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 yeah. <laughs> what, what would Chuck do? No, but yeah. I just, you know, it's important to have all these outlets. Yeah. And, and for, for me, it's scripture. For me, it's, it's reading prayers. Uh, it's, it's hearing positive stuff. I backed out of the negative world because I, I can't handle it. I'm not strong enough to be immersed in this much negativity. Yeah. And I'm not putting my head, head in the sand because I'm keeping, I'm keeping my eyes open looking around for my family. I'm, te- I'm going to take care of them. Right. But all this stuff that I can't control, I don't understand why, why we should really worry. I mean, I understand you should be cognizant of it. Right. Know it. Right. Be aware. But to, to be deep in it, I'm not doing it. I got too many other things. Well, we can't. I'm twitching like hell right now because <laughs> I got other things to worry. Right. Right. You know, we got to bring. So at first, with the, the whole COVID, I was fortunate. You know, we had uh, Margo like a week, probably maybe two weeks before the shutdown of the COVID. And I was off. I was fortunate to be off for the first seven weeks of her life. And that was when the, the peak, you know, the very early ons of the COVID, you know. And I regrettably say that I didn't take to a lot of prayer. Uh, I didn't watch the mass on TV, you know. I immediately went into this, I'm going to be a man. I'm going to fix this, you know. I'm going to put everybody on my shoulders. I'm going to put everything on my back and just put my head down and, and grind, you know. And... And, and at that point, my biggest thing was helping Andy, you know, get through her C-section, which was her fourth C-section. Right. And we had another small baby, you know, uh, Gio at the time was uh, 15 months old or, or whatever at the time. So we had a lot going on. So, man, I, I, I didn't take advantage of what all God had to bring until recently. And fortunately, we have a great community and through domestic church and stuff like that. I come crawling back and God brought my anxieties. You know, I, you know, like I said in the first podcast was I went to this deep depression after the hurricanes, you know, anxiety I've never felt before. It was just totally different. And I just, I hit my knees, you know, so I'm grateful for that, that like we do with our kids, we know that shot's going to hurt them. 
and they're looking at us like, why are you letting this happen to me? But I know God was doing it because he knew I needed that pain to come back to him, right. you know? So kind of leading into, into the next topic. Um, you know, I know we could talk about the whole COVID and, and the hurricanes and all that stuff. We can beat that to death. But I, there was something particular I kind of wanted to talk to you about. Well, at, there was a point a uh, year and a half, two years ago where you were unemployed and you had to lean heavily on your wife to be the breadwinner. And we've, we probably talked about it and I don't remember a whole, you know, details, but I mean, how, how was that? I mean, as a man, okay. Right. Uh, uh, it started uh, around, you know, December and, and once again, kind of like my heart attack, the details of it, uh, it happened. Right. Know, and there's a lot of detail to it. Um, I had found God in a special way with Acts and, and a lot of different things. And in the house, we had a, a prayer table and it had a lot of mementos on it of prayers and retreats and a lot of different, a lot of different gifts, uh, relics and, and things of that nature. Very holy spot. And when it all was said and done, all I could do, Jeremy, was fall to my knees in front of that and say, God, how do I get through? You know, and at this moment, my wife was pregnant as well. And uh, how do I get through this? I had failed. What I felt like the, the career path that I'd taken at that time was what I really thought I needed and was, was a great job, a job of the century and uh, our job of, of the moment. And I have not had a good employment history. I mean, I've done a lot of work in different places and never could really find my niche in something. Um, but I always give it my, give it my all. And I was just on my knees saying, why? You know, pregnant wife, pregnant at Christmas time. Uh, how am I going to get, how is this going to to work out? You know, my wife, my wife never faltered. She never, she never stuttered. She never questioned. She said, we'll get through this. And it took a lot of, you know, illegal, uh, took a lot, took a lot of ego uh, to learn to let it go and, and, and accept help, uh, put, put it in God's hands, streamline things, figure out what's important, um, and just pray and stay prayerful. I was in the middle of, uh, of Exodus 90. Wasn't we in the middle of it? We were, yeah, we we're in the thick of it for sure. Yeah, 90 days, we were at least... Man, it might have been early that's on. It, but it, that's what I'm trying to get at. Was Did we start it? When did we start it? It was January. It okay, was in, so I, we got into Exodus, and, and, and that was a funny thing because, you know, you'd call me, and, and then it was kind of not understanding what it was. Right. And I thought, man, what the hell else do I got to do, you know? And and I to this day, it was so very... And Exodus 90, you know, I mean, I guess people don't know is it was a, a cult we joined. No, <laughs> no, it was a beautiful uh, retreat to say, I guess everyone asked what it is. I don't know. You, 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 you probably would do it more eloquent, but it was a 90 day self retreat, self retreat with, that, with a couple strong friends. Yeah. A couple, yeah. <laughs> some people that we, that we still text today. Yeah. Um, but, but that was what I used to focus. I, I used that. I used that time. I mean, God put me in a spot where I was able to pray I was going to mass every day and anything I talk about now, I'm not trying to proclaim it as I did this, you know, but I was going to mass every day to find out how the hell 
or who the hell I was right. and what was wrong and why I couldn't stay employed or why I couldn't find something that I liked. And, and never, I prayed to get a job. I mean, I got prayers. People would give me prayers, St. Joseph and, and different prayers to get employment. And I kept them folded up and I'd read them every day and I'd go to the mass every day. I look back on it. Matter of fact, when I was given the opportunity that I, the, the job I have now, uh, I remember saying, man, I really need the employment, but I like going to church every day because I got clarity. I was able to forgive the situation and maybe people that were involved in it. I mean, it was all me, you know, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I had to, to forgive that situation, move on and figure it out. And God just put, kept things falling in place. Our Christmas was fine. My wife had, uh, but to lean the original question, how did I lean on my wife? That was the breadwinner. I just did it because she, she took it. Yeah. She took the bridle. She took the yoke and said, I got this. And it didn't emasculate me. It didn't make me any less of a man. It just knew I'd met the right woman. Right. We had, had a team because if someone was weak, I knew she could take care of me. And she did. She took care of us. And uh, that's what I learned when I was unemployed, you know, and, and, and prayer and, and put us through, you know, a lot. And to able to, you know, find to have a baby during that as well. You know, I mean, I got employed, uh, the job I have now, which hindsight, the best thing I've ever done. Enjoy it. Actually, where I feel comfortable. Yeah. I'm full. You know, I enjoy every day at work. I mean, it's tough. It's very, very tough. A lot of, a lot of ins and outs. But I mean, um, she just was there. She was strong. Once you start you know, letting go of egos. Once you start letting go of things, uh, I'm not going to say it's any less, you know, I mean, it still was tough. Uh, one of the things that touched me, you know, in seeing all this, I guess I'm not talking about my wife anymore, but uh, talking about the situation of being unemployed was the, the community and the brothers, you guys banded together right here and, and got us diapers. And I mean, uh, it was funny because we could build a fort with the diapers, but I mean, uh, little did we know we still, I mean, we, uh, the wipes are about, about gone now because we doubled up, uh, with the other baby, but I mean, God provided. Yeah. And that's what I see through all this, I guess, through going back to COVID and hurricanes and, and just touching on it briefly is that I've been through, I've been through a desert. I've been through some dark, dark times and, and I stayed faithful. The ex is not, I'm not going to say I didn't, you know, and it, it was upsetting, you know, to have a wife taking care of you, you know, when you, when you know, you should be a man and, and then friends bringing it up. I mean, no one really threw it in my face, but I mean, you have that stigma, you mm -hmm. know, or you feel like it and it's stupid. It, it's just not, you know, it, it doesn't make sense to worry about what other people think, but it also doesn't make sense in the world we live in that we have women that are strong providers, you know? Right. But in the same right, I was ready to get back to work. I was ready to be, you know, a part of the team that, you know, was providing. Right. You know, and she's, hey, she still makes more than me. Yeah. <laughs> and, and <laughs> I mean, you know, and that's good. I'm a sugar, I mean, I'm a sugar, I mean, yeah. like, how's that? A sugar she's daddy. A sugar mom. Yeah, yeah. You know? And, and she's hot. And that just makes it all sweeter, you know? It makes the sugar sweeter. Now, you know, the saying goes, behind every good man is a great woman, yeah. you know, and I think that there's times that we take advantage of that for sure. You know, we take advantage of the women in our lives as far as overlooking just how much they can do for us. Because as men, we feel like we need to control it all. 
You know, there's times, you know, just briefly getting back to the hurricane thing, you know, where I, I got the, the depression and stuff. You know, Andy came to me. She said, look, you said, you just got you just put everything on your plate. She said, I can help you with these things, you know. And, and I guess, you know, having young kids and stuff, I was like, man, look, I just need you to worry about the kids, you know. And they do such a great job at that. You know, our wives are great mothers. We're fortunate to have them because, my goodness, the stuff that they think about and, and on a daily basis and then having their own careers that they're doing, too, on top of it, you know, it's just extraordinary. You know, and God made them that way. Right. And that's what I guess, you know, looking back and, and talking all this, you know, my I get choked up, of course, talk about my mom, but my affirmation, and I know, you know, I mean, our un our non-Catholic friends, what I talk about now is kind of going to be out, out of realm, but my my affirmation of Mary is my drawing to Mary, how strong she had to be to go through these things and to understand what all the questions she had and, and was put on a lot on the plate. Of course, I look at Joseph and say, same thing, you know, the, right. what he had to burden, but, but Mary's so strong. I look at my mother in the same fashion. I look at, at my wife as the same fashion. I look at my daughters now. I, I, I got choked up. We went to the NFR, to a rodeo, went to the Cowgirl Hall of Fame, and there was a video. And, dude, I just got emotional seeing strong women up on TV, up on the video, and looking back at these two girls that are aspiring to be just like that. And they have great role models in their moms, my mom, and their their grand. I mean, they got a covey of grandmas. I mean, they got, you know, each of them have a, yeah. with a split family. Right. They got, <laughs> I think they have 18 grandmas and, so, and grandpas. But, but women, to learn to respect that is to love Mary and to understand how strong they are. Right. And that's really... What I've learned looking at Cassie, and like you said earlier, every behind every good man, I, I'm not a good man, but she's behind me, right? You know, and and strong. Uh, one of the most, I guess, you always, you know, you, you fill out the question, why? What's the sexiest thing about your wife? And, and and it's her strength, for me, because that's what I need. Obviously, you heard all what I go through on a regular basis, you know, yeah. health and all this stuff. But she, we. But we're a good mix, you know. We're mm -hmm. a good, we're a good mix, obviously. Yeah. So, I mean, I say obviously, <laughs> like everyone knows. I mean, right. You know, we're like the whole family. Yeah. You know what we're. About. <laughs> you saw our Facebook. Yeah, you That's have how our we own. Really live. Yeah, you have your own TV show here for too long. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, throughout this all, you know, the uh, the unemployment, the heart attack. Um, any kind of mental mental stuff, depression, anxiety, or anything like that that you've dealt with. Man, uh, I went through some depression. Uh, I've never really understood what depression was. Yeah. You know, I always say, I don't really know what that is. Here recently, you know, getting into some dark places and finding um, sadness and, and I guess just inundated with so much negative stuff. You know, how do you not? Right. Um, I'm trying to think, pinpoint one time. Oh, well, I mean, I got Christmas time. Uh, I had COVID. Oh, yeah. You know, I got it. And uh, I was so concerned about my dad and my mm. little girl. You know, I mean, I was concerned about everyone else, but I mean, right. my dad's health was not real good. And then my, my little girl with epilepsy, we don't know anything about, you know, what reaction to medicine or COVID and everything else. I mean, it was very dark and you know, we didn't have Christmas. And then, you know, some things happened um, with church, not able to go to church. And, and like you, in the COVID scare, I, in the first shutdown, I kind of liked it. We were able to get kind of country and like go old school and cook together and, and eat gravies and, and stay as a family. And it was kind of homey feeling. Uh, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't want, 
I wouldn't watch church too much because hmm. I just I didn't never couldn't I couldn't grasp. It. Yeah, I know. I, can't, I couldn't figure it out, and so Christmas time came, and and that bothered me so much to miss mass, and I didn't wasn't gonna watch it on TV because I was like I was protesting right. upstairs in my underwear. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not watching church, but I, it just I was depressed, yeah. and so that was that was depression. I get a lot of anxiety. I get anxiety like when I'm about to lay down, and I'll tell or I'll wake up with it. Cassie, I always tell Cassie, man, I got anxiety. She's like, what about? And we'll kind of talk through it. Uh, but I get anxiety. Um, I just worry so much about weirdest, not the weirdest thing, but like any bad possibility, hmm. you know, and that's one of the things I don't, um, I've never had full blown like panic attack panic or anything like that, anything like that, or any kind of depression that lasted, you know, I mean, I, you, <laughs> in looking back in my history, a lot of the situations would lend itself where I could have probably stayed depressed in it, but it was also so very life changing and, and ch- that I didn't have time. You know, I didn't have time because I, I, with the heart attack, it was, you know, then medicines and, and what I need to change in my lifestyle. Uh, with the unemployment, it was falling into Jesus. I mean, I'm falling into church. I didn't give myself, I didn't allow my, God didn't allow me to really dwell in it. Right. You know, idle, my thing's idle hands. When I sit in, in, in my truck, you know, I think, and then that's when I fall to a rosary. Hmm. I fall, I fall to praying and just trying to get my mind centered right and figure out what's what's my next move right you know so kind of just closing this up a little bit um i know we could talk forever and and we're definitely going to meet again uh but i guess maybe what i'd like to maybe get you to touch on is did you have would you have any advice for somebody that maybe is fighting with a strong ego or is fighting with um man you know uh, I, you know, maybe they know what they're doing is leading them down some wrong roads. Right. Yeah, and would how say, would you turn that back? I would say um, get a divorce, uh, get a heart attack, get uh, <laughs> get unemployed. Learn the hard way. Huh? No, no I, I, that's a tough question, man. I think everyone's so different. Yeah. I, I, people tend to, for whatever stupid reason, they call me and ask me advice, and I just don't never have good one. I don't feel like I do, but man, I say fall into church, fall into prayer, and because nothing bad comes of church. Right. Never go to church, and I mean, you may sit in someone's spot, or you may get in trouble for not wearing a mask or whatever. But at the end of it, you got something out of it. You were there, and you saw you whatever church you may call church. Hmm. As long as that, I don't care if it has a roof. If you're going somewhere and getting centered. Uh, and talking to the person you call God, you know, that's important yeah. to me. Um, Did you ever get into any kind of like self-help kind of stuff? Or you yes. Motivation yeah, kind of stuff? Yeah, I, I mean, inspiration. I mean, yeah. emotions. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't do self-help. I don't read anything. Uh, I mean, I don't read books. You're right. I'm not good with books. Like I started during the whole unemployment thing with the Bible and I, I got mid, I got to about the midway into the old testament and it just i i still don't understand it you know and i i mean you know i'm embarrassed to say that but i couldn't so anyway self-help doesn't for me doesn't i don't read it I'm not good i've just learned about podcasts i mean to be honest with you i'm just knowing <laughs> i'm looking more into podcasts the last couple months because of this and, and uh but i read 
devotions that pertain to me. I try to piece together prayers that pertain to me. Um, my brother's a, a very positive aspect in my life. I, I, I ask him simple questions and he gives me really good, positive answers. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I look to, um, I always look to people. I, I, I ask, uh, you know, spiritual advisors um, that I trust, not I trust, but I mean, that it doesn't bother them to get a text and say, hey, and I reach out to you guys, you know, in, in subtle ways. Right. Um, well, I think a community, band of brothers, whatever you want to call it. It lends itself to that. We've got to have like-minded men, simple as that. Yeah. And, and we can and, beat and that our, to death, too. Our, our, our domestic church as well. Our domestic church is very powerful. Yep. You know, and, and uh, it's very important. The, the, the whole like-minded thing, because, man, it's hard. It's hard explaining to somebody that has no clue, you know, and that's kind of to the fault of my, not his fault, but my brother and I, you know, he, we're two different people, Yeah. you know, uh, but his problems are different than mine, but his outlooks, what's important. To me, right. You know, right. and so that's, um, fall into the church, man. Yeah. That's my advice. Fall into the church, find something in church that, that makes you, that makes you go back. You know, mm -hmm. there's all, I mean, I, I I uh, I attest to all my my blessings because of finding my way back to the church. Right. Because I was on a dark, dark road. You know, on a on a road that I didn't I didn't understand. I didn't see. But through church, you know, and through a lot of things. I mean, you know. Right. When I say church, I mean the community. Right. Uh, now I want to clear something up because. So, uh, you know, you, Keegan's, Keegan's episode is going to drop tomorrow, and then Chuck, you know, we're, we're all in the same church community and stuff. Right. Now, I want to clear it up and, and say, hey, look, just because we go to church every day, I mean, every Sunday, and, and we're, we're preaching this, so to speak, we're not perfect. Oh. And it's not going to make you perfect. No. You know, no. believe me, I, I, you know, cussing is, you know, or getting into, uh, you know, dirty conversations that we shouldn't get into. I mean, we're human. You know, we're, we're men, uh, and, you know, if you see us outside, and they're like, oh, well, he's just the biggest hypocrite. Hey, I'll tell you right now, I'm the biggest hypocrite I know. Yes, Because I fail every day. Yes, sir. I that's, fail every day. I, I think that's, a, that's one of my, one of the, as I get older, one of my, used to be one of my struggles. Man, people see you in church, and like, you, they remember seeing you at the bar. Are you a saint or are you a sinner? And right. I used to say, man, I was a sinner on Saturday, and I'm a saint on Sunday. And that's like you said, hypocrite. We're fake. Yeah. But we're we're trying yep right right and that's what i guess at the end of this all is that we're trying yep. and that's why i say fall into churches because man even if you don't go every day or every weekend or whatever you get to go when you're there the best things are happening to you yep right yep and that's what I, i'm trying I, and i say right because i'm i'm looking for that answer yeah. i'm looking to hear that yeah because i mean all this that we have now you and I being here is all because of him, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. so that's what I, I just, that's what, like you said, yeah, we're hypocrites, dude. Don't ever, I mean, you, I mean, I am a deviant. No. I mean, cussing, <laughs> I, I'm an artiste when it comes to cussing. <laughs> well, good, man. Well, look, I, I appreciate you opening up, Thank Edwin. You, so um, you know, we just got to let these things out, get it off your chest, you know. Um, but as we close this thing up and, and we close every episode with a quote of the day, and when I came across this one, I knew it was going to be perfect for us in this conversation just because we're, we're on the same mental wavelength as this guy, you know, and uh, it's Albert Einstein. Okay? 
you know, back in the day. But no, this is this is, is is actually from Albert Einstein. He says, "Imagination is more powerful than knowledge because imagination is limitless. It's the preview of life's coming attractions." You know, I catch myself daydreaming about what could be, uh, what my path is, what I should be doing, um, what, what God made me to be, you know what I mean? And when I heard this quote, I said, man, you know, what could it, and it might not be this, but it led me to just take that chance. You know, that, that imagination. And, and, I, and I thought this was, was, was pretty cool. What, what's your take on it? My take is that I just, I agree. Uh, it's, it's the hope in imagination. You know, and that's what I, I find I do myself, like you said, we're very much alike at times, is that kind of, to a fault, I look at these things, I'm, like, I'm so excited about the future. Cause I, and, and the older I get, the more simple the future is. Mm used to be very intricate like a lot of you know detailed things now it's just like i want to be able to sit on a back porch see a sunset uh with my wife and see the kids play hmm. and it used to be it's like i want to go to disney world before that and do all this and do all that but without all that i don't think we have hope right i don't never i i, I imagine a lot i said almost in the beginning and all the way through this to a fault like i see the swimming pool with with uncle eddie <laughs> uncle eddie swim on the diving board but that's my imagination and that's what you know keeps me going and, and 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 the faith i have keeps me going in that you know and striving for you know to have a, a weirdo jumping on a springboard or me being the weirdo right, uh, right. but i love that quote and I, that's what i was saying finding devotions or finding quotes or finding prayers that help you through this mental stuff and that's yeah. man when they pertain to you it really it kicks yeah it hits yeah because who's who's to say that our imagination is not god showing you what could be if you just let it all go yeah that's awesome that you just now you just you blew my hair back well i mean but that's that's true it's it's his you know it's maybe it's his glimpse yeah you know and that's of what he truly has in store for you right if we just and it's easier said than done because right. we say it so many times like man i just i just wish i can you know i, I just give it all to him right. but it's easier said than done right and i've been given the i've been given the opportunity to give it all to him and have i not have i given it all to him i don't know i still hope i sandbags right right you know? yeah 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 but that's what you know and i guess in 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 all this is the imagination is god's gift yeah. And I like that. So yeah. it was very, yeah. very poignant and good. So well done. Well, good, man. Well, look, thanks a lot for coming. Thank I know, you so much. I know it was a struggle there for a little while to get together, but uh, <laughs> schedules and kids and everything right. else, but I knew we would make it happen. Right. Uh, again, I told Cass this was like five hours, so I still got, <laughs> still got some time. <laughs> I'm joking. Yeah. I'm joking. Well, hey, look, you know, I love you. Love you too. Thank you for yep. this outlet, man. And thank you uh, for just the opportunity. I yep. really do appreciate it. All right, brother. Always praying for you. Thanks for coming in. All right, brother.